Hello and welcome to Free America. Today is Sunday, October 31st. The year is 2021 and I am your host, Nick Yaya, and this is the Free America podcast. I'd like to thank you for joining us once again. Uh, this is episode number 66, so we are moving right along and well into our second year. And we've got a really great guest lined up for you today. Uh, I know you guys are just going to love this because he, he he talks about a lot of different subjects that we talk about a lot here on the podcast in his in his book, in his latest book. And so it's um, it's really going to be something I feel that you're going to enjoy and you're going to get a, a lot out of. The uh, name of the book is God's School, 9-11 and JFK, The Lies That Are Killing Us and the Truth That Sets Us Free. And I got a chance to uh, take a look at some of it, and uh, just just great, great stuff, um, really, folks. You're you're really going to enjoy hearing Bruce and and listening to uh, our conversation and listen to a little bit about his book. So, looking forward to that. Now, before, of course, as always, uh, we like to get into a little bit of news. I start off with some good news, and then some other news, and some world news. So we're going to cover that real quick. So uh, hang on, real tight. And we'll get through that. Okay, so first of all, uh, of course, always want to direct your attention to the Free America Podcast website where you can download this episode as well as other episodes and find alternative outlets such as uh, um, Rumble or BitChute, as well as alternative social media like Gab and MeWe where we are located as opposed to being on YouTube or Facebook, which will no longer have us because we talk about things that the elite don't want to hear. They don't want you to hear about them. They don't want you to hear about this scam known as COVID-19 or or any of the other things that we talk about here on this podcast. So this is where the repository is for all these good episodes that you can watch. I have them embedded here on the website. Um, and uh, and also, we encourage you to reach out to us, contact us. If you've got some questions, you've got uh, some suggestions for a topic, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, at the bottom of the website, you just click on contact us and uh, shoot us a, shoot us a message. And also subscribe to the Free America podcast. Um, not, not so much for me to, to constantly pester you with emails, but more so that uh, if something should happen, if one of these platforms or all of these platforms go down, that we still have a way to reach you and and connect with you so that you can connect with us and follow the free America podcast. All right, cool. So getting down to some news um, right off the bat out of New York. I am so proud of these folks and I wish people out here in LA would uh, get together like this. I don't know what's going on with my hometown, but we're not seeing thousands of people come out in, in protest of the vaccine mandate. You know, the, uh, the New York city workers protest, uh, culminated with a march across the Brooklyn Bridge. And you're talking about thousands of people here. For our audio listeners, we're looking at photos right now, just a sea of people stretching across the Brooklyn Bridge. And I could not be prouder of our brothers and sisters in freedom and choice uh, for standing up uh, and backing up the workers of, of the city of New York. We're talking about the, the fire department, you're talking about the police department. And uh, these people came out in force to show their support for that cause and as, as many of you know uh, yesterday or excuse me monday i believe is the deadline for many of these workers and and part of that now sh is showing that uh we've got boy this is really kind of bad news actually 26 new york city firehouses closed due to vaccine ma mandates short staffing so here we go folks uh, this is perhaps part of the controlled collapse of society that we're seeing starting to begin the seams are unraveling and 
you're going to see uh, many of these public services, such as, you know, in safety, such as fire or, or law enforcement, um, coming, uh, becoming less and less effective. And that is not uh, good news. But again, people are standing up and we're, we're, we're going to win this. You, you betcha. All right. We just got to keep fighting. Um, more protests in Australia. And, and this is... Um, is uh, in 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 the in the state of uh, New South Wales, or no? Excuse me, uh, I, I get them confused here. Uh, Victoria, right? Sorry, but uh, but their their premier Daniel Andrews. This guy, I'll show you a quote from him. I mean, probably one of the most arrogant elitists, one of the you know these globalists who who just subvert uh, democracy and the will of the people, and and. And have just this guy has been just in, in extraordinarily authoritarian in, in his approach to dealing with COVID nineteen. As many of you know, the state of Aust- excuse me, the country of Australia has been locked down uh, ever since the beginning, and and they uh, they prevented people from entering the country. They've prevented people from leaving the country. So it is a it's a disaster what is going on down there. But people are standing up. Again, thousands of people came out to march, and in in spite of these these public orders, these public health orders, which um, <clears throat> if people are found guilty of of violating, they could face two years in jail or a ninety thousand five hundred dollar fine. Businesses could be fined up to almost half a million dollars, four hundred fifty two thousand dollars. So. Then um, this is mostly in Melbourne, in the state of Victoria, but uh, Melbourne, excuse me, I don't want to mispronounce that. But anyway, we still stand with our brothers and sisters in freedom here in uh, in Australia, and I know many of you are listeners there, so just know that we do stand and support you. And I am working to get some uh, uh, guests from Australia to get an on the ground account of what is going on there, and uh, hopefully that will be soon. So stand by for that. Um, this is, yeah, this is where the quote from Dan Andrews uh, is. And it just the arrogance of this man uh, is unbelievable. Uh, he says here that I'm not, I'm not going to say to someone, just wait it out. Just wait for five weeks and you, then you'll be able to go to the pub. He says, I cannot put a day on it. It will not be when we reach 90%. It will not be anytime soon. That is going to be a function for a period of time well into 2022. And he said something that really caught my attention. And it, um, I, I really want to get this to you. He says, oh, he says, why would you get the system going, have the thing up and running, and then essentially pull down all of the architecture that you've built, the culture that you've changed? Why would you change that for four or five weeks later? Now, the system, he's talking about building a system. Right. This isn't a temporary thing. This is a permanent structure that they put in place to, as he put it, um, change the culture. Change the culture to what? 1984? George Orwell's uh, dystopia? That's what it seems like he's doing. So, again, I, I hope they kick this guy out fast. Get rid of him one, one way or the other. Vote him out, fire him, uh, drag him out into the street. I, oh, some, some way, form or fashion, this maniac needs to go. Okay. 
Uh, moving on, a uh, bit of good news here. Biden's COVID nightmare, one third of U.S. military are still not fully vaccinated. So it's important that our 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 brothers and sisters in in uh, military who are who are charged with defending our country and upholding their oath to do so uh, are, are not getting this vaccine because it puts them at risk. It puts our whole way of life at risk. If we don't have a strong military to defend us from enemies, foreign and domestic, uh, then we are subject to uh, invasion. We're subject to you know, civil war, uh, all kinds of things. So I'm glad to see them standing up because who knows what is going to happen with this vaccine as we approach the coming cold and flu season. Um, according to a lot of experts that I follow and listen to, we could be in for quite a bumpy ride where a lot of people will be experiencing enhanced cold systems such as uh, in, uh, auto in, autoimmune enhanced uh, dependency or autoimmune dependency enhancement, uh, which essentially in rough terms helps people get sicker faster when they're, when they're exposed to a virus or a germ. Uh, so we've got people doing the right thing in the military. And of course, from around the world, as we've reported before in places like India, now Indonesia reports that cases of COVID-19 have plummeted after the government authorized ivermectin for treatment. And as we go down here to look at the chart, this is, an, um, this is really a telling chart here. So for our listeners, what I'm looking at here is a chart that goes from May 2020 to October 14th of 2021. This is in Indonesia. Now, around June 4th, uh, ivermectin was banned and the cases shot up from about 6,000 to almost 50,000 uh, in the matter of a couple of, in a matter of about a month. And then as soon as ivermectin was approved on July 15th, the numbers sharply dropped and to where they're at now in October, which is almost zero. So again, once again, ivermectin works. Big Pharma is trying to keep it from us because they want the profit. They want the control. The government wants the control. The elitists want the control through the vaccine passport. That's what it's all about, folks. Um, interesting case out of Waterford, Ireland. It exposes COVID vaccine as a fraud because uh, this particular city in Ireland has a 99.7% uh, of the adults there have been vaccinated and they're now fighting the highest COVID-19 infection, uh, infection rate in the nation. And um, again, this, this just goes to show that for one, the vaccine doesn't work. Two, uh, it, it gives people a false sense of security and three, um, probably contributes to the spread of COVID-19 or in this case, and I think, and a lot of people think it's not actually COVID-19, it, it is the side effects of these experimental jabs that people are um, experiencing. Okay, more good news. American Airlines, just like Southwest and, and United, the, the pilots and the other staff are standing up against these mandates. They canceled 1,500 flights over the weekend. And uh, what I'm finding is very interesting is a lot of these uh, airlines give a deadline to, to be vaccinated by November 24th. Now, if you look on a calendar, that's the day before Thanksgiving. So I think they are trying to make a point by stranding travelers on their way to or from uh, Thanksgiving festivities with family and friends, and they're going to pin it on the unvaccinated. So they're trying to turn public sentiment against people who uh, 
who just want the choice to to choose whether or not to get vaccinated. Okay, and um, a couple more things here before we get to our guests. The doctor on FDA panel says only way to learn about COVID vaccine effects in children is to start giving it. Now, this guy, I, 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 it's probably one of the most absurd statements I have heard from someone in a position such as this and from the FDA. These are the people that are supposed to be protecting us against uh, bad drugs and, and dangerous foods and poisons and things like that. Well, this guy, uh, his name is Dr. Eric Rubin. And, and he says, he says, um, the data show that the vaccine works and is pretty safe. And yet we're worried about a side effect that we can't measure yet, but it's probably real. This is how these people are making decisions. And he says, um, he says, you know, it says, what sways me here? And this is where I kind of, I, I like his argument. It says uh, that is very sort of a personal choice. If I had a child who was a transplant recipient, I would really want to be able to use a vaccine like this. And there are certainly kids who probably should be vaccinated. The question of how broadly we use it, though, I think is a substantial one. And uh, I agree with that. It, it should be about choice. Parents should have the choice to vaccinate their children if they want to. I don't agree with it. But uh, that is their choice, especially these kids who are immune compromised. All right. The risk to them, risk versus benefit is is balanced. All right. But he says. Uh, <laughs> he says it's really going to be a question about what the prevailing conditions are. And this is the this is the enchilada right here, folks. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. Quote. That's how we found out about rare complications of other vaccines. And I do think that we should vote to approve it. These people are maniacs. These people are absolutely insane. They're not only drunk with power, but they've, they've gone off on this. I, I don't, I can't even describe what can uh, other, the only other way I can describe this is genocide. These people are genocidal maniacs. And been, since this is gone, done by the government, it's, it's also known as democide. And governments, as you might know, are responsible for more deaths than any other uh, thing in history. Hundreds of millions. Okay. And that's just in the last century alone. Um, <laughs> and a little joke here. Southwest Airlines pilot reportedly used an anti-Joe Biden chant during an announcement to passengers with an AP journalist on board. And the Southwest pilot reportedly said, let's go, Brandon, during a flight announcement on Friday. So it is spreading like wildfire. You're hearing it in in stadiums across the across the country you're hearing it around the world in fact people are chanting in italy i heard the other day they were chanting let's go brandon so it is certainly a meme that is taking off and uh finally uh i'm going to cut it a little short here because we're going kind of long so i want to get to our guests we're at 15 minutes now but finally in an example of what you've seen in countries like communist china um when they switched over when the the, the communist revolution occurred and people who didn't agree with the Chinese Communist Party were trotted out into the public, and they were they were made to uh, to be shamed, to be sh to be publicly shamed, and 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 admit that their fault, and um, essentially just humiliated. And that's exactly what is taking place here, in in this uh, UCLA medical hospital out here in Los Angeles, where supervisors instructing the employees not only to fire all personnel who have not taken the COVID-19 experimental shot, but to wait until they show up for work and are working with their patients and then to physically escort them out of the building 
publicly shaming them and treating them like criminals. So you can see, folks, the 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 Marxist undertones of of what we're looking at here, and and uh, and what we're headed towards. This is you know these people are, are showing their hands. We know who they are. We know what we're up to. We know the game plan. We've seen it before, and this is just another example of how these people are uh, are trying to bring down Western society in the United States specifically. So anyway, I'm sure our guest today will have a lot to say about that. He does talk a lot about that in her book and in his book. And, and also he speaks about um, COVID-19. And uh, so uh, this, is, this is his book. It's available at trineday.com and you can find it there. You can also find it at other uh, outlets uh, such as Amazon. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming... Bruce de Torres. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Nick. Hey. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for for coming on the show and joining us. And uh, it's it's really it's an absolute pleasure to have you. I, I think you know the, 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 your book is just fantastic. It covers so many things that that people are talking about these days. It's so very timely. So glad to have you. Uh, thank you. And it's, it's glad to discover your podcast in the last couple of weeks and to hear that great review of news that you can only get from freedom lovers like you. So kudos to you for all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, just trying to do my part. You know, I think we're all pushing towards a common goal. And some of us are, are more talented in some ways than others. And so we all contribute what we can. And uh, I hope to uh, do so in, in, you know, in, in an informative and, and, and entertaining way. And, uh, and that's done in part by having on interesting guests such as yourself. I mean, people doing great work as well. And uh, the, 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 the book, uh, God School, 9-11 and JFK, it, it covers a lot of great stuff. And what people would commonly refer to you know, common terminology is conspiracy theory or some of it as conspiracy theory. And uh, before we dive into that, uh, I'm sure uh, people, not many people are aware where the term conspiracy theory comes from. It came about as a result of uh, just after JFK's assassination. Is that correct? 1967, a memo. Yeah, by the CIA, correct? Yeah, out to a number of their uh, offices uh, telling those offices and their agents how to uh, discuss uh, critics of the Warren Commission report, critics of the government story that one man, Lee Harvey Oswald, alone killed President Kennedy, instructing the CIA recipients of this memo to uh, contact their highest-ranking collaborators in the media for lack of a better word and and with a list of how to disparage those who would critique the warren commission and in there they talk about those who espouse a conspiracy theory and uh, it was the really the first majorly influential use of that term in 1967 remember that's top secret that was an internal cia document and then you could chart i'm sure uh, the use of it by the mainstream per instruction from the CIA to marginalize 
those who dare to question the, the government's official authorities, you know, story of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and President Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's amazing to see echoes of that still occurring to this very day. Um, and now that the term has been more popularized in, in the, you know, the social or in the uh, general lexicon, uh, you know, people people throw it about uh, almost as an as an insult. To me, actually, it's it's not an insult. It's actually a, uh, a you know a uh, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Badge um, of honor. Thank you, thank you. So, and, 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 and it's a, it's a, it took on a huge life after nine eleven. Right. I think President George W. I think talking to Congress and the nation, let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. He may even have been at the U.N., a huge platform, one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because the, 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 the thought that that goes along with it is that this person um, is crazy. They're a crackpot. They are a tinfoil hat wearing, you know idiot that, that knows nothing about the real world and lives in some kind of fantasy world. But in fact, what I'm finding is nothing could be further from the truth because a, a true conspiracy theorist is actually more like a conspiracy analyst because um, conspiracies do exist as, you know, as defined as, is two or more people who have come together to, to commit a crime and, and to plan to commit a crime. So um, when people say, well, 9-11, you know, 9-11 was, was, was a conspiracy, you know? Yes, it was. It was. Um, it's not a, it's not a, a, uh, you know, it's not, it's a fact. It's, it's not a theory. And, and you talk about that a lot in your book and, and I'd like to, if you could, if you would mm -hmm. kind of um, give us a, a little bullet point summary of some of the things that you touch on with regard to 9-11. My pleasure. But first a little bit more about conspiracy theory as a, epithet you know as a as a disparagement sure. nick we're at a we're at a very very crucial time where our hope humanity's hope freedom's hope is that more and more people who believe the mainstream stories look at what the mainstream calls conspiracy theories that's all i ask that's all i want to empower people with my book is look at the other side look at it the challenge is that it's a minefield because there is a fire hose of mis and disinformation promulgated all around the world, on the internet, in the mainstream media, on social media to blur the scene. Mm. So there are, a, there are the millions of conspiracy theories out there that are invented by the deep state to make anyone who questions the official mainstream story of anything sound like a lunatic right. but folks who haven't done the research who might be listening to this or, you know, motivated by the horrors of the last couple of years to take seriously alternative information or independent research. I want to just, and you do too. We just want to encourage everybody. Listen, take a breath, go slowly, listen to one podcast like this at a time, read one book at a time, you have nothing better to do and trust your gut. What you're hearing from the mainstream is chaotic, nonsensical nonsense. There's, there's gotta be some answers and some, some truth we could agree on and stand on in order to, to comprehend with some clarity 
what in the world's going on about any of these major stories, whether it's 9-11 or whether it's COVID. So I want to encourage anyone who's starting to get their, their spider senses tingling and telling them, no, what the government's telling me about this, or the other thing, just, just, it's just not what adult, how adults process things. I really want to, you know, check out some alternative uh, uh, voices. Right. You're um, right. And, and they, yeah. and they, they do perpetuate some of the, some of the more wild things. Uh, my theory on the flat earth theory is that that was something that was, that was created by the CIA or these entities to divide the conspiracy community. I'm surprised really at how many people uh, fall into that category. I'm not one of them, but I know several people who are, and they are, I mean, almost to, to the death ready to defend it that the earth is flat. And I can, I, you know, I say, look, man, you know, here's example, a example, B example, C, and they don't want to hear it. And, but what that does is it drives a wedge in the community. And so now, and that's what the enemy usually does. They usually try to divide. That's what they do with fear. They do it with fear. They do it with racism. Uh, they're doing it, you know, they're doing it with masks over COVID-19. Now they're doing it with vaccine passports and and all the while while we're fighting amongst themselves they're running off with the store mhm mhm that's yeah. uh it's uh it's it's urgent to to roll up our sleeves and, and deal with these kind of things yeah um yeah. i'm i'm happy to go up you go into 911 you you asked you mentioned that that's a wonderful thread to pull for anybody um Shall I, or is there yeah, another? Yeah, please. Oh, okay. uh, you know, I mean, okay, this yeah. is this is a discussion. It, you know, it's kind of an, a a perennial thing. Anytime around this mm. time of year, around September 11th, mm. uh, the discussions do ensue, whether it's online or in person. And I've been having debates recently with some people that I know over this. Some people who who uh, can't be moved to to agree that that it was some sort of there was something fishy about that day, yeah, whether yeah. it was an inside job or or the official story just not adding up and mm. and you know you can prevent evidence on top of evidence and people are still like man i don't see it and i just don't i don't understand how they don't yeah. so yeah um, I, i've yeah. got people in my life in uh, who are like that about if not 9 11 about some other things that 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 to me are are just another one of these false flag horrible self-inflicted things meant to traumatize us, to bond us to a strong authority figure like Stockholm syndrome and, mm -hmm. and turn our brains off because it's just too scary to, to, to kind of admit. Right. Trauma based um, mind control, I think is one, one way that they describe it. And, and it is, uh, you're right. These things seem they're, they're too big for people to, 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 uh, to, to comprehend as being some sort of, conspiracy right uh yeah. you just said it yeah it's just overwhelming for people to to uh, think that their government would do something like that to them and it's it's horrifying and it's heartbreaking you just described an uh intelligent people who played by the rules their whole lives they got many you know great education there's lots of folks who've risen in the ranks through corporations or the military or in public service or in education into the universities who believe 
the mainstream story about everything. What you and I know, because we've done the research, is above all those corporations and entities that gave them their degrees are forces that are orchestrating the narrative, basically brainwashing them into their worldview so that it's inconceivable to them that the, that the United States government would aid or do something like 9-11, spend 20 years killing people and having Americans killed for a lie to just yeah. make money. Now, philosophically, Nick, that's good news, that most people have such strong love of life and fairness to others that because though that's inconceivable to them, they can't imagine that anybody's that evil. Right, right. However, we have to strengthen them and tell them, you're an adult. You can handle what this means, you know, what this adds up to. You can handle knowing that your government is not this big father that's out, that's working for you and wouldn't exploit you. You know, it's a force in our name, Nick, with our money that's, that's, you know, criminal and murderous. So, um, 9-11 for, okay, for anyone who's just can't wrap their minds around that, um, it's one of the major first chapters in my book. And then in the sources, because of all the books I read about it and all the documentaries I watched about it and all the seminars I watched about it and all the interviews I watched about it, in one chapter, it's a great uh, primer, they call it, of why the official story falls apart upon examination. But if I had to say one thing in front of a jury to kind of sway them, it would be the the evidence and testimony of people who were on the scene yeah, and the explosions that they heard all morning. You know, big ones in the basement, I think it was of the North Tower, the, the building that got hit first. Yeah. In the sub-basement, there was a giant explosion minutes before the plane hit. And you could argue it, it's, it's clear now that that's the first of destabilizing the, the foundation to facilitate the, the, the demolition, you know, less than an hour later. No, that was an hour and like 20 minutes or something like that, the first yeah. hour. But here, but wrap your, folks, simplify, so I don't confuse anybody. Before the first plane hit, in this one of the sub-basement levels, there were guys having their coffee. It was around 8.46 in the morning, a little before that a gigantic explosion that destroyed one of the big boilers or big equipment down there, you know, fire, people being burned, just, just chaos down there. And to corroborate that people can research William Rodriguez because he was on the staff of the custodians. He was an, he was an executive of the custodial maintenance and he spent the, 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 the hours of chaos rescuing people, but he's the one who tells the story about that. So that's just, one thread to pull on. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are others that firefighters reporting the similar things that when they were on scene, yeah. uh, whether you're talking about a world trade one or two or uh, my favorite, which is world trade seven. That to me is the smoking gun. I mean, a building that was not hit by a plane and yeah. had sporadic fires that were mostly put out, fell at free fall speed as if it was a controlled demolition. And yeah. a seasoned veteran of the fire department who was once a, 
a fire marshal, as well as a law enforcement officer at one point in his career, described that he heard an explosion before the building fell. So it's these, you're right, it's these on-scene people who had who were there at the time, who had eyes and ears to see and hear what was going on. And and those, uh, a lot of those have been swept under the rug. Is, and, as far, and from what I've heard, some people have actually mysteriously died you know, in some of these instances. So well, there's definitely a cover up. And yeah. if, if there's not, if, if they're not, if they're covering something up, that means there's something to hide. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, um, the, you know, that there's video that might still be available probably, you know, on YouTube, well, there's a lot been scrubbed in the last 20 years of firefighters on the street around building seven before it collapsed shooing people away get back that building's about to come down so advanced knowledge there's the famous infamous uh bbc television report where uh i think her name is jane stanley is looking right in the camera like you and me right now saying there's a report that the uh 48 story i think uh solomon brothers building building seven has has collapsed when you can see it right here over her shoulder in the live stream that's being, you know, live streamed yeah. at five o'clock. The building didn't fall until 520. That's one of the, the anomalous things. But you're right. Building seven is the is the holy smoke, holy smokes, you know, uh, thing. So um, and in my chapter, I've got, you know, what, you know, how the towers, buildings don't collapse. No. Office fires don't get buildings hot enough. Otherwise, it would have been. For a hundred years, hundred and fifty years of skyscrapers, yeah. it wouldn't have taken till two thousand one for for a raging office fire to to bring down a hundred and ten story uh, building. I would challenge folks to watch the films of the towers being demolished with the sound off and watch it over and over. Watch the same clip over and over and over, and tell me whether or not you see explosions from floor to floor, from top to bottom. It creates the illusion of descent because they're just being blown up from top to bottom. And mm-hmm. bottom, and, the, and the other incredible thing is that the official story says 110 stories pancaked and stacked on the inner core columns like the spindle of a record player. Sounds good, except in all the photos and films of the wreckage, it's no more than about maybe five stories high. It's smoldering. There are not 48 stories. It's 48 stories. I think it was 48 stories each building. Yeah. They're not stacked. They're not pancaked and stacked. So it's just like looking at the naked emperor, but authority says, isn't he wearing beautiful clothes? Someone's yeah. got to say, the emperor wears no clothes. There yeah. are no stacks of 48 you know, if they were, I'm getting confused. Building seven was 48 stories. The towers are 110 stories. Right. I'm doing math in the evening, and that's always bad for an American. 110 stories stacked would be about f- between like 30 and 40 stories high. That's what we would of, be seeing. Of rubble, yeah. Well, we would just, see, yeah. Of, so anyway, Nick, um, the implications of 9-11 are huge. I, um, I, I, I pull back on American history. I do a deep dive of American history throughout the whole book. And I posit 
that America was was mortally wounded when they, the CIA, the deep state, killed President Kennedy. Yeah. And then it really died at 9-11. That's where they, they, they kicked the dead body, you know, in the face. Mm. And America basically ended when they took away all of our rights, what was left of our rights with the Patriot Act and yeah. Homeland Security. And um, because the proof is we no longer live under the Constitution. Our rights under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are not honored anymore. That means we're not America anymore. And right. when you wrap your mind around that, we start to understand what's our opportunity slash problem. You know, it's, it's cheerful to say, oh, it's an opportunity to, you know, recreate America or reteach America. That's mm -hmm. where we are. And, mm -hmm. and like Lincoln said, if we could first know where we are, what's going on and where we're tending, we could better know what we should do and how to do it. And it, you're helping to, this podcast and my book are trying to, you know, shine light on what's our real problem. What's our real problem? And these right. are our real problems. And, and you, yeah, you said, you know, you mentioned that these events, the silver lining to these is that they serve to awaken more and more people every time that they occur. And mm -hmm. with this latest one, I, I've, I've seen probably the largest uh, uh, groundswell of people who don't believe the official narrative. And it's it gives me hope to think that, OK, at least people are waking up, at least people are becoming aware. Mm. But it is it is through these events that uh, we, we have the opportunity to to. To view exactly what what these what these entities are up to, what their goals are. Right. And you said it mm. started and I agree with you. I, I believe it did start with the assassination of JFK. And that was where we really took our our. our step down a dark path um but with regard to uh, the united states no longer being a country it, it's more like it's a, a a corporation you know it's 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 reorganized itself into this corporation and uh, i think that started when we ceded control of our banking system right over to the so-called federal reserve and i say that in air quotes because it's not really federal and and it's uh and it seems to be the string that ties all of these things together um is is control using banking and that and that's a global thing and then what these global banks do is that they either with the assistance of groups like the cia put a country into distress and make them vulnerable and make them uh you know need to borrow this money and then they're in the then they're uh, under the control of these banks and they were doing this during covid they were going to countries and they were saying look um there was one in particular it's uh, kind of eastern northeastern europe i don't remember the exact name of it but they went to the president and they said look we'll give you 409 or excuse me 940 million dollars if you shut down your economy shut down your businesses and then you can distribute that money to the people how you see fit. And he was like, take a hike. I'm not going to do it. And then, then within a week or two, all of a sudden he was billed as this uh, this racist, uh, you know, anti-Semite. They always throw that one around. And and it, it just became obvious to observers like me that, yeah, they're playing the same game that they've, they've always played, that they're using you know the, the power of money to control countries. And now they want to take over the world. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Now this global, uh, it's it's uh, 
<laughs> was it was that country Latvia by any chance? I believe so. I believe yes. I believe uh, I that is correct. And I'm gonna I'll I'd bet a lot you read and enjoyed Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Oh yeah. Yes, because yes. you just you just described, yeah. That's exactly you know. what what they did. Yes, and uh, and yeah. uh, and and that to me seems like really the if we're looking for who they are, you know, how we yeah. always refer to them or they, you know, the people behind this. Uh, I think it's the banking cartel. I really do. I, I think that uh, they, you know the Rothschilds and these people who started yeah. banking way back in the day uh, yeah. still retain that control and yeah. use it to manipulate. And control nations. It's absolutely fascinating. The he, I just helped Chris Milligan, my publisher. He interviewed Terry Melanson about his book called Perfectibilists, the 18th century order, uh, Bavarian order of the Illuminati, you know. And I've got the book. I haven't read it yet. But he spoke at length how real the Illuminati was. That's still in question to folks who believe the mainstream, and that's just something nice to mock in mainstream movies. Movies, oh, you believe the Illuminati, right? And how they informed, infiltrated, really, you know, Freemasonry, and the line right into Skull and Bones formed at Yale University in 1832, and then the members of Skull and Bones since 1832, uh, getting positions of power in the banks in the major corporations, in the media, in the pharmaceutical industry, in our education systems, almost primarily, and, you know, in government. Yeah. And the I goal presidents, was... Right? Presidents have been uh, part of Skull and Bones, wasn't it? Taft, Taft and the two Bushes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but that's also countless secretaries of the treasurer and secretaries of war and, you know, even and, and underlings. But their goal is to rule the world um, originally, it seems it was with the goal of perfecting humanity because humanity could be perfected, which is the concept from the Enlightenment, which is which is benign on its surface academically. But like Paul Fitzgerald and Elizabeth Gould, authors of Valediction, Three Knights of Desmond, uh, contend the use of force, being able to use force on others, makes rulers crazy makes them mad and what we are seeing is the latest cycle of emperors empire being ruled by lunatics for lunatic reasons and lunatic agendas uh, using force to coerce exploit harm sicken profit from and slaughter we the the lessers we are just the lessers we're just the mob and it's as real as a heart attack, as lighthearted as I really am committed to being to make this accessible. Um, the clampdown that's happening right now is is horrific, you know, and to anyone in the mainstream who's trying to or believes the mainstream. My heart really breaks for how terrified someone might be, Nick, who yeah. believes what the news or what the president is saying or what Fauci is saying about like what the cures are. If you're, you know, if you've been following, if you only know or believe the mainstream version of the events for the last year and a half, you must be, I'm scared. Cause I know, you know, how intentional it all is. Um, 
Yeah, people people are it's, terrified. I've, I've seen them. I've seen their reactions in public against people like me who, uh, for my own personal reasons, I'm unable to wear a face covering, and I don't believe anybody should because I know the science behind it that they don't they don't do anything. And people like Fauci even said that, and the World Health Organization even said that, and they said that asymptomatic uh, transmission does not drive pandemics. And so, uh, but these people are in such fear that they, that they attack. I mean, this guy said to me the other day, you know, you're, you're putting the lives of me and my family and my kids at risk. And, and I thought, I'm like, God, and I, and I do, I feel bad for these people because they're operating from this state of fear and panic to drive them to do things like be in their car by themselves and wear a mask or right. walking around outside around nobody else wearing a, a face covering. And and I do feel, uh, as you do, I, I do have uh, sympathy for them because uh, it's just a terrible, it's a terrible place for a human being to, to, to be. And, and it's being perpetrated purposefully by these, these entities. And that's, that is what really infuriates me. And, and uh, I, I, I just hope that uh, more, more people uh, become aware of that, really. That's I think that's our best yeah. our best weapon against fighting the uh, back against these people is exposing that the emperor is wearing no clothes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, saying or presenting something that that just opens their mind a crack to say, OK, you know, I'll read something like Bruce's book or I'll watch the last 30 episodes of The High Wire by Del Bigtree, you know, just something <laughs> Yeah. That that lets them look at the other side. And I love to tell folks, imagine you're a juror in a jury. The government and the media and the corporations and the pharmaceutical companies have presented their case. Now, watch everything. Every, watch all the COVID deniers that you possibly can. Del Bigtree, James Corbett. Everything Robert F. Kennedy and children, Jr. and Children's Health Defense is putting out, America's frontline doctors, right. Dr. Scott Jensen from Minnesota. Look, look at it all as, you know, that's the other side of the story. And then trust your own intelligence to make, uh, you know, the decision that's right for you. Don't just believe the naysayers and don't just believe the right. official story. That's how we respect each other's intelligence and we, you know, if people are rabid with fear foaming at the mouth and they're, and they, you know, they would want to come at so-called deniers with torches and pitchforks. And we've seen a, a bit of that already. I don't know how to coach or advise that. Um, I really am reminded of Nazi Germany in the 1930s. And that is so applicable right now, Nick. And here's the hope it gives me. Wow. The, the, the hope is, worst case scenario, you know, over the next year or so, the nooses tighten about mandates and uh, all digital purchases and, and until finally, you know, folks who refuse get rounded up. Because there were folks who survived the concentration camps and who rebuilt a life. And in the 40s and 50s, they were able to describe this process that we're right in the first two years of. The Nazis lasted 12 years and it crescended into 
World War II and the Holocaust and, you know, 50 million lives or more lost globally between the fighting and the exterminations and everything else. And then they were able to look back and reflect on it. And I want to be one of the guys who tells everyone around us, hey, listen, we really ought to resist right now. It's in the first year or two. And if enough of us resist, we might be able to put the brakes on where historically this will go with all probability. And if it gets that bad, the only way these people survived, Nick, was by having no anger inside them and having nothing but the desire to help the people who were suffering around them, literally in the concentration camp. And I really latched onto this one guy's story, and it's my favorite. I guess it's my favorite story. Sir, how did you survive? You know, the conditions were horrible, and so many succumbed to despair and disease and suicide, death by guard, you know, by doing something because it was so horrific, let alone, you know, the ovens and everything else. And this man said, they could beat me, they could starve me, they could make me sleep in the snow, sleep on concrete, but the guards couldn't make me stop loving them. That's who I want to be. Wow. And that's who I want to help you or I be, because in a camp like that, you and I are going to find each other. And we're going to say, yeah, 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 I saw it coming in 2021. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, five or 10 years from now or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to, and the people who are crying around us, freaked out, scared of this, scared of that, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be able to say, they're there. It's just, it's just, it's just humanity. It's just human nature. It's just history. This happens. This happens. This just happens on planet Earth. It happens with humans. You know, a certain faction go mad because they want power over others. Yeah, yeah, it really, really sucks. But, you know, we're we're, we're alive today and God willing, we'll, you know, we'll wake up tomorrow. And we'll just keep moving forward one day at a time. And that's all that's all you can do in situations like that, uh, because, yeah, despair can get a hold of you quite easily. Uh, but I like I like that gentleman's story from in Nazi Germany in the concentration camps. And that that is that really is the one of the only weapons against fear and hate is love. And and uh, and that is a that is a, obviously like anything, a choice. So um, but it's a difficult choice in, in times like that. And so I uh, I applaud that man for for making that choice. But if, if people don't think that it could happen here they've already started building these concentration caps. They've already started staffing them. In fact, there was, there was one up in the state of Washington who were, they were looking for employees and people to staff this facility. Now, y- you don't go hiring people unless you built the building. They built it. They built the facility. They, they built them down in Australia. They, they are, and, and they don't do this because they think they might need it. Right. They don't spend that that kind of money, you know, millions and millions because they think they might need these camps. They plan on using these camps. And that's what I find most disturbing. Uh, and uh, yeah. uh, people people need to be aware of that. And and you're right. You know, what can we do at this point to, to stop this from happening other than shouting from the top of our lungs to as many people as possible? Wake up. This is happening. You, you, we, we need to take these people out of power now. Like I was referring to uh, the, the premier down in Australia. They need to do whatever they can to get that man out of power. And, and, and I've been thinking, you know, here in the United States, you know, 
200 years ago, they would have been dragging these people out of their homes and stringing them up in the streets for doing this kind of stuff. So um, thankfully for them, we're more civilized now. And, and uh, you know, we're not going to we're not going to do something that drastic, but uh, we need to do something rather quickly because they've run away hmm. with this dictatorial power. People like our, you know, our governor here in the state, you're, you know, um, and you know, state of California, um, he is he has given himself powers. He's granted himself emergency powers and sub completely subverted the constitution of the state as well as of the country hmm. by uh, issuing these executive orders and so forth. I mean, our president does the same thing and they're acting like kings. They're acting like dictators and, and, and they do not have the authority to do it yet. They do it and other governors see them do it. And so they do it. You know, I think uh, Gretchen Whitmer as one such a governor that did something very similar. You've got people at city council, the city level, the county level doing the same thing. Well, it's a state of emergency, so we can do what we want. And uh, and it's it's uh, it just it just blows my mind that that more people aren't saying, wait a minute. Um, yeah. OK, maybe it's a state of emergency, but we have processes in place to to handle these sorts of things. And uh, it, it's it, it really is. It really is infuriating. But um but you, now it, another part of your book, and I think this kind of may explain why a lot of people um, have a difficult time in recognizing these things is because they've been conditioned in school from a very young age to to trust authority, to not question anything, to um, to to fear being ridiculed for being wrong or, or being graded poorly. And that way, then you won't get ahead in life and and. All of these things have been have been imprinted upon these young minds. And 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 I, as a young person, saw this. Fortunately for me, I, I went to Catholic school. I was raised uh, Catholic and I went to, you know, so we studied the, the, the Bible and this and that. And around the age of uh, 13 or 14, I started questioning it. I started thinking, wait a minute. If this if this guy, if this God created us and gave us free will. And then if we choose to exercise that free will um, and he totally loves us, you know, unconditionally. Uh, but if he didn't like what we did, we would get sent to hell forever. I thought, wait a minute, that, 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 that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then I, I started realizing that that God and religion are two separate things. There is this entity, this source of life that everybody comes from. And 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 then there's religion which seeks to control people using fear. It is, it is one of the first control mechanisms put in place to lord over humanity to, to keep people in line with the, the fear of going to hell, right? Or and all these mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, anyhow, I, I think that's kind of a lot of, a lot of people stop at that point. They, they don't ask those questions. They don't, they don't question the authority and there. And then here we have it. Yeah. And this is a huge key to, uh, I think, happiness or success as a human. In a nutshell, why do I think what I think? Okay, is it because of what I was exposed to in school? Is it because it's what I just grew up doing every Sunday going to church? Uh-huh. And then, you know, some folks can can take on 
the classic advice, know thyself. And, 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 you know, why do you think what you think? And does it serve you? And, you know, did you choose those thoughts or do you just have the habits of choosing them? And it would go a long way toward waking up more folks, Nick, to question authority. The challenge is enormous because... According to Dr. Bruce Lipton in uh, a very classic book, The Biology of Belief and a Lifetime of Other Lectures and Things People Can Find All Over the Place on YouTube, etc. Dr. Bruce Lipton, L-I-P is in Paul, T-O-N. Until we're seven years old, we're in a super learning state. We're in a not a completely conscious state. So what we do as a ch child, we absorb Deeply, they imprint the first programs and we develop habits that last a lifetime. And if they are, if, if they happen to produce healthy results, we never examine them, but we could have habits that produce unhealthy results, suffering. And then we examine our habits and we can try to overcome our hardwiring. So that's why you take children, the educational system in the United States I, I'm certain was captured by the, the oligarchs of the time in order to mold human being and society to perform the way they would like us to perform on cue, to be able to pull our strings, push our buttons and get us to go along with and do anything, war, anything else. So if that's, if we're hardened into believing authority by the time we're seven and I contend and show in my book and describe in my book, how, public school that's the primary thing we learn to do nothing what we learn to do is to do nothing until we're told to do something so we don't mm -hmm. learn to think for ourselves we certainly aren't allowed to evaluate options and make decisions for ourselves and that's why it's a crime against humanity in my opinion religion uh specifically christianity in europe and the united states uh, has certainly been used for that trauma-based mind control, that controlling populations by fear hmm. of of uh, breaking the rules or you know looking into things for yourself too much, so that we so populations would do what the authority authorities uh, lead them into doing, and you know I hope and this is apparently is what happened because I'm getting some nice reviews. I'm getting you know I'm getting really amazing reviews. Um, I say the truth sets us free because when you, when I saw when and this is common, when, when we see, Hey, wait a minute, you know, it's not, it's certainly what happens to us as kids is not our fault, you know, and to recognize, okay, you know, trillions of dollars have been spent Nick in order to program America for the last 150 years to be and do and put up with what it put up with. And I, and, uh, you know, the good news is, is that we can see our patterns and think new thoughts and, you know, create new outcomes when we see the need to do it. But you have to question your own premises. Mm. And um, it's how does it set us free? It's like, well, we still might have as, you know, as many life threatening threats looming. But it's a huge relief to realize, <clears throat> OK, it's intentional. It's not because humanity's messed up and it's not because we're we are defective things um 
I guess you get what I'm saying. I, I don't want to ramble about, uh, you know, these, these points. Um, well, you're not, you're not necessarily rambling. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you're making good points here. And, 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 you, and, the, and the, one of the things you said is that we have the ability to change, you know, and that's why I, I often tell people who, who listen to or watch the show is, and like you said earlier, don't take my word for it. Do, you know, do your own research. Don't trust anything I say. Uh, I want you to go out there and I want you to learn it for yourself. But the first step is questioning that, is questioning, and I question everything. I mean, all the time, it's just become a habit of mine. And when this 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 COVID thing first popped up, I mean, the, the first day when our governor said, we're shutting down the economy, I was like, uh-uh, no, something ain't right. And, you know, my spotty senses, you know, tingled. And and I knew something was up. But, uh, but uh, you know, the, when we're talking about also silver linings with what's going on right now, uh, there are parents who are getting involved in what their children are being taught. This is great. They're going to these school board meetings. They're saying, wait a minute, what are you teaching my kids? You're teaching them to, to, to hate the color of their skin and to, to hate somebody else because of the color of their skin. And, and you're teaching them all this pornographic material to, to, to young kids, you know, 10, you know, 10 years old. It's just, it's outrageous what they've been teaching, but I'm glad to see that parents uh, ha have been shaken awake and have, and have gotten into the fight, have gotten into the game, mm -hmm. and 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 are now uh, holding them accountable, holding their feet to the fire, so to speak, to say, look, we're not going to let you get away with this continued, uh, you know, indoctrination into this this way of thinking. Whether you know you can label it as Marxism or communism or whatever, or socialism is you know basically communism light, um, but they are, I, I believe, uh, you know indoctrinating and training people into that that way of thinking and and you're right they've, they've infiltrated these institutions is you know as far back from what i understand from probably about the 1950s and and it started in education and because that's like you said the great the best place to mold a mind hmm. is 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 in these places and so um, but one of the alternatives great now is uh, homeschooling and there's a lot of that going on and and I know people who homeschool their kids and this one girl I mean she graduated high school at like age 12 and then she went on to you know go to college you know at like mm. at, at age 15 or 14 or something and and I thought wow you know how much time could we save how much trouble could we save how much how much better could we could we do and in, in terms of creating good human beings and, and, and giving these people the, you know, the, the tools that they need to um, navigate this, this modern world. And I think the answer therein lies with uh, things like homeschool for sure. I, yeah, in my book, I talk, one of the books I talk about in my book is by John Taylor Gatto and it's the underground history of American education uh, an examination of the prison that is, you know, public education. It's a big book. And he talks about the point you just made. I think it's in that book. He has the quote. It takes about 50 hours to teach a kid how to read and write and do basic math. 50 hours. Wow. <laughs> and before modern public education capturing kids until they're you know 18 22 years old de depriving them of the freedom to make decisions so for the rest of one's life you want to be told what to do 
because you have no experience in making decisions, which means you have no experience in developing your own judgment. So you do not trust yourself. Mm. You want to cripple a bird? Don't let it fly until it's full-grown adult. It won't be able to. You want to cripple a human? Don't let them evaluate, use their mind to critically think and make decisions, suffer the consequences or get the rewards of those decisions. Don't let them make decisions. They will need to be told what to do for the rest of their life. That's what school is. And then you compare it to you know previous history. And as recently as the Civil War, when you're my age, the Civil War seems kind of recent. Um, there <laughs> it were really, it really is recent. It really is. Well, in the course of history, it freaking well is. Yeah. There were because we were more of a pioneer and frontier society, which means, oh, you can walk. Here's an axe. Get get chopping. We need wood for the winter. And you know, by the way, any animal you see while you're out there. Kill it because we want to eat tonight. Well, you got robust and you got hardy. And in the American Civil War, there are a number of officers who were 12, 14 years old, 15 years, because they were that competent. They could make decisions. And and the biggest thing about making decisions, Nick, you know, as a human being is trusting your decisions. So you don't agonize every night, second guessing your your decisions. That's hell on earth is to second guess your decision or not know what to do. When a child says, I don't know what to do. The best that a loving parent could tell them is no problem. Choose something, see if it works. And if you don't kill yourself, you can try a better option tomorrow and you'll learn and you'll get there. And if they had parents like that every single day growing up, by the time they're seven or 10, like no problem. General Patton, from World War II said, tell your men what to do. Or maybe it was General Lee. Don't tell them how to do it. Just tell them what to do. You'll be astonished at their ingenuity. Can you imagine how many rivers he came to and he just said, we need a bridge. When? Now. I'm going to be back in six hours. They don't have, they didn't bring the bridge building tools. They didn't bring the bridge making materials. He comes back in six hours. We just drove five tanks over it, sir. It's sturdy. Hmm. Okay. So that's the kind of, look how loud I'm getting, Nick. (laughs) That's the kind of power. That's the kind of power that gets unleashed when you set yourself free with the truth of who and what we are and who and what, you know, who and what life is. And I'm going to, I'm going to force a little segment here about the original idea for my book and the original excitement for it. It was the idea. Thank you. It was when I had, was forced to examine, why do I think what I think? Who am I? I didn't like my results. And I, and I just was brought to a complete stop. Like I, I, I have to do me better. I have to do being me a lot better. I need a lot more love, fun and happiness and success and peace and calm in my life. I was in my mid thirties and got the idea from reading think and grow rich, you know, that, that Mm. everything's made out of energy thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts are made out of energy. Thoughts become things, right? What thoughts become things. Yeah. You better, we better choose our thoughts carefully. 
if they manifest as the stuff that we're going to experience. Now, that might sound woo-woo and new age to a lot of folks, mm-hmm. but I got to ask folks to remember their childhood and how absolutely in love with and delighted and enchanted by life that we were. And the native traditions and even the religious experiences that many, many people have in church that are ecstatic, that are proof to us that there is a spiritual realm, that there is a loving presence that informs all of reality and folks a large part of how to deal with the real life horrors we're up against is developing a spiritual imagination. Do whatever it takes. Go to church. Read Marianne Williamson's Return to Love. Get A Course in Miracles, the book that inspired Marianne Williamson in her entire career. Read everything Deepak Chopra has to say. Read Rumi, the old writer and philosopher. Read right. the, everything for Khalil Gibran, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Do whatever it takes to, to develop a spiritual imagination. See, mm-hmm. Try it for 30, 60 days. It's worth a lot more than, oh, this is just airy-fairy nonsense. <laughs> because when we can, here's the point, Nikki, when we can overcome our fear of death, by a better understanding of what it might be, we really, we do, we really do become fearless. And I'll, I'll define that just a little bit, Nick. I'm hogging this, but it's worth it. I'm, you're going to love this. I, I'm loving it already. <laughs> the um, to overcome the fear of death, study near-death experiences. You know, the folks mm-hmm. who were dead for minutes or longer I, and I came back. And, something, yeah. so uh, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I'm going to wrap this up quick. Folks can go to a YouTube channel called Anthony Cheen Production. Cheen, C-H-E-N-E. And he interviews, they're nice, long, slow interviews where people tell what they experienced on the other side and how that when they came back. And what they experienced over there was total bliss, safety, no pain, and an enormous love and belonging and sense of their own eternity that is mm-hmm. too big for them to put into these words. I am all ears, Nick, and respectfully request you to tell me your experience. Well, it's it's very similar in that, um, and that, and that's what I like to think, uh, what I want people to think about when they hear about these experiences from people, how similar their accounts are, right? If, if they were just making something up from their imagination, let's say they went into a dream state and they really didn't die and they had some kind of, you know, dream experience that they would be wildly different, right? Because we're all wildly different human beings. But the, the, the experience that I had was very much similar in which I reconnected with the source of, of, of all energy and of all life and what people would call God. Um, I, I, I hate to tell you folks though, it's not a guy sitting on a cloud with a big white beard. If I, I hate if, if I shattered your illusions of what God is right there, my apologies. But uh, in it, I, I, I lost my ego, uh, but I, re- I retained my id. I retained my consciousness of where I was and what was going on. But the strangest thing is when it first happened, I, 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 I realized that I had been there before. I know this place. And, and with that came a little bit of like, oh, shit, what, what happened? Did I die? You know? and, and so I was, a, I was a little bit scared. But that that kind of quickly went away when I reconnected with it. And I felt like I was a part of everything and everything was a part of me and I knew everything. And, and it, it was just a surreal experience 
and uh it, and it gave me that 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 strength that fearlessness now it's exactly it's, it's exactly it because you know now i know uh what lies beyond i've experienced it and i have no fear of it right and so uh and these other people experience the same thing and so with that comes yeah a certain sense of of, of fearlessness and and um death doesn't scare me right so they can threaten me with anything and everything and i i will not be afraid what what caused your experience <laughs> uh well to be honest with you i was experimenting with something called dmt i know yeah. it i haven't touched it but i know it yeah and the interesting thing i learned about dmt is it is can kill you no <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, and Joe Rogan talks about this stuff all the time because he, he, you know, he, he's experienced it several times. But, but the thing, one of the things I learned about DMT is that it, it naturally occurs in human beings and it's released twice during a human's life, once at birth and once at death. And what that kind of says to me is that this, this chemical is part of opening a doorway between this realm and the other, right? And so being able to access it um, in, in such a way and to recognize it as, as something that I've experienced before just lends to me the credence that it's, it's all real and it's not a hallucination. Um, and, and the experience that I had matches with those that have had these uh, near-death experiences as well. So... Was it, did you, did, did you take ayahuasca or some other form of? Uh, I, I smoked it. I was at, okay. I was camping with some friends out in the forest. It was actually right. qu quite, quite a beautiful experience. I mean, I, I, I smoked a little bit yeah. and I saw really some amazing things and, you know, and I, and I, and I'll be honest with you. I have, I have a tried hallucinogenics before. This is not a hallucinogenic. I can tell you from experience, um, but I saw that the most interesting thing that the life force was emanating through all the trees and all the plants. And I felt this, this connectedness. And it was only after um, smoking more Simon, he says, the guy says to me, you got to do three, you got to take three hits of it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try three. And that's when it occurred. That's when I crossed over, so to speak mm. into this, uh, into the other realm. But, but, um, connecting those two experiences, there, there, there is, there is this th thread of connection of seeing yeah. the, um, the underlying force that, that, that animates everything, whether it is a plant yeah. or a tree or, or a human being, yeah. uh, the, the, all of these things are connected is kind of what I believe yeah. I was being shown by this. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's I mean, I mean, and I would encourage anyone to, to read or listen to everything Terrence McKenna has to mm. say about these experiences. And he talks about hallucinogenics uh, a lot mm -hmm. and uh, whatever it takes for folks to open their minds to, you know, and I would you, even, you know, I'm glad you didn't flatline. You didn't flatline. You didn't die with, with no. your experience. No, good. No. Yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, you, 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 you can't die um, using right. the, the the stuff. It's not uh, something that you can overdose on, so to speak. Right, uh, right. But anyone so, who researches it can find tons of testimony from native cultures, or it's you know that. Right. That, I mean, the shamans. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they use the ayahuasca, which is the, yeah. the natural derivative 
of of a there's a certain vine i believe the yeah. bark of the vine contains it and they make it into a brew or a tea and consume it that way and when it's done that way from what i understand it's a much longer more extended experience over maybe a period of eight to ten hours or longer that people but it's much more it's milder uh when you when you smoke the synthetic version of it uh-huh. it's like a rocket ship right it's it's wow. uh, it, it can be overwhelming and and i right. and, and i and i tell people and i would tell people you know don't go out and just do this because i've tried it but if you do do it if you do decide to experiment approach it with reverence with respect with caution right. and 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 um and you, you'll you'll be okay but um were, did you were you led into it with folks who coached you along those lines the, the the person who who had it um yeah yeah he 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 said something uh, something along those lines of uh, you know this may be a little much to uh you know to take in at first mm-hmm. experience but but don't be afraid right. and um yeah i it just it's it's something it's something I go through phases. I haven't thought about it in a long, long time. But when I was re- at some point, I was really dive, researching it just online, mm-hmm. you know. And I went through a phase where I thought, "Wow, I can't wait to do that." I never got around to doing it, and now I'm at this place where I don't I don't feel the need or the thought of at all about doing it. I will refer to, you know folks who think that might be out there to even find the work of uh, an author named Chris Bennett. And I think his book is Lieber, L-I-B-E-R, 420. And I think, and he's got other articles and books. He's got a career where he's he's reporting the history of not only marijuana, but I think other hallucinogenic plants as something humans have used back till time out of mind, as they say. Like, that's our real true history, yeah. which modern, the controllers of culture and society have made us very materialistic and they have demonized all that right because of what you can learn and in a a big context the harmony with nature and all of life like you described that this is a living realm we're in you know quantum physics is worth another huge dive to develop your spiritual imagination because of the effects of consciousness on what we perceive the effects of consciousness and our mm-hmm. intentions, our consciousness on reality. Mm-hmm. Quantum physics has tons to indicate that reality, and this is what the mystics and the poets have been saying, right. is a seamless realm. It's one thing without yeah. beginning or end. That yeah. all of existence is what we want to call God, this eternal It's all an expression. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So an expression of itself. Yeah. yeah. And it, part it, of how go ahead. After I you. Say, I, I was going to say I think it's amazing how these different disciplines reach the same conclusion, you know, science and mysticism and and you know, uh, you know creative persons or what have you. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's it's perhaps to be a little poetic, I guess, wherever you grab existence and you start studying it, you find yourself. This is that's the message of that classic old book, Zen and the Art of Archery, or and also Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. The motorcycle you're maintaining and that you're building and taking care of 
is you. No matter where you pick up existence, whether you start as an actor or as a quantum physicist or as a historian or researching real history slash conspiracy theories, you get to the secret societies, you get to their beliefs, and you get to this stuff about the nature of reality and the power of our thoughts and intentions to manifest something. Paul Fitzgerald and Elizabeth Gould, again, Gould, the writers of The Valediction, Three Nights of Desmond, trying to expose the failure of empire and the, and the need to reclaim the narrative creation process, describe how all perception and all language and, and the stories we tell ourselves most specifically are creative, that we cast spells with the things that we think Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it, we're disconnected from the enchantment or the life or the spirit that nature really, really is. Mm-hmm. So folks can dig deep into the Native American beliefs and try to comprehend who's the great father spirit, you know, who in the, the earth is our mother. And they say, if you, well, I saw one Native who said, Go out and if you go out into nature and get quiet and you listen, nature will talk to you. Now it doesn't mean you're hallucinating. It means right. you, you know, so if we can because there's a lot of power in that, and there's a and it's the power of love. You know, we talked about having fun before, I think, or being happy. And John Lennon was such an empowering fellow that he had to be killed. And anyone who wants to really empower humanity faces elimination because the folks who want to rule humanity don't want humanity to know and hear this conversation about the power of our potential or the potential of our power. Right. And he said, Yoko and I just want to be happy and we want our happiness to help others be happy. I saw that quote recently. So that was in this, it had to be like maybe post Beatles, but doesn't that sound like what the Beatles were for humanity? Like, yeah. We get so happy just watching or listening to them because they're so happy. And Nick, that's right. the effect we can have on each other if we're not right. terrified by what's on the nightly news, terrified by these enemies are out to get us. Now these enemies are out to get us. Now these enemies are out to get us. That's right. the history of mankind is kings and then presidents and then news channels telling the population, these enemies are out to get you. Now these guys are out. to. Now that war is over. Now these enemies are out to get you. Now this disease is out to get you. And now these people who won't wear a mask or get the shot are a threat to you. They're out to get you with the disease that's out to get you. No wonder we want to hunker down. Now, here's the plot that's unfolding right now. And you you described this or alluded to it before earlier. They want us hunkered down. They want us glued to our phones. They want to take us over, not only with banking, but with entertainment, with no jobs, with maybe a universal basic income to be very, very content following their protocols to shrink our lives and control us, sicken us, make money off of our sickness and corral and manage us like they're farm animals. They're farm. They think we, they treat us like that's how superior that they, that they think they are. What disregard they have of, you know, the common rights of, of, of human beings. And a huge part of that is what's happening in school to train us to jump through the hurdles to be employable with the job grooming. And it's to be feared just along the lines of the indicators are also that and also the elimination of cash, which is privacy and anonymity and having us tracked and traced completely. Yeah. The, the boot is on our face. 
The boot right. is on our neck and it's, and it's urgent to get right about everything that we've been talking about. It's just, yeah. it's such a horrible, real life, horrible, bad James Bond movie that we're in, but those, that's the nature of the, the villains who are tightening the nooses around our necks. Speaking of Bond villains, you look at Klaus Schwab, he looks like he is straight out of a James Bond movie. I, I kid you in not. My book, in my book, I wrote, I thank the universe for making him look and sound like a bad Bond villain. <laughs> He does. He really does. You know, the, the COVID-19 crisis will wipe out humanity. And that's Thank like, you, Blofeld. Listen, <laughs> did you see Did you see the new Bond movie that's out? I haven't seen it yet. Have you? I did. It's a, It works as a great entertaining piece of movie, you know, and, and uh, Daniel Craig is a nice, strong actor. Good to, you know, good to watch his acting. But you know about predictive programming, right? Right. Well, there's a piece in that. I don't want to spoil. Should I spoil it for you and your listeners? It's uh, I, I've I've, re- I've read the review, so I know I know where you're where you're heading. So I, but yeah, uh, please because well, the the, bi- the, the conversation the yeah. biological threat that the villain in the Bond movie is is using sounds absurd and like an invention of Hollywood, until you read Janet Phelan's book. You interviewed her two episodes ago at the breaking point of history. How U.S. duplicity enabled the pandemic about bio and chemical weapons being so specified they could target specific ethnicities they could probably target specific dna strands for the last 10 15 years nick i've really been annoyed by these ancestry.coms i want you to send a sample of your dna to them and it's in the last few years that these pieces of the puzzle have fallen into my mind i haven't seen proof of this but Janet has written and others have written that they more than likely have the capability to, to tailor and curate bio and chemical weapons, perhaps maybe for your DNA and mine, which means that they could put it in the water and take out you and your family, nobody else. And then they'll blame it on your neighbor who refused to get the vaccine. And they can, it's just like, it's a full yeah. spectrum ability to kind of control us. Whatever I just said that may be speculation, there's a lot of well, evidence not, that kind of supports it. There is. No, there's a, a lot of evidence. In fact, it's written by the people in, you know, and so supposedly in charge. If you look at, uh, I read in 2006, I read uh, World Health Organization's Agenda 21. And this is while I was researching Big Pharma and the FDA and Big Ag for a documentary that I was asked to produce. And, and in it, I, I, I was able to discern uh, kind of reading between the lines, but also in the language that they used, that they were targeting, uh, they were targeting specific ethnic groups, you, you, mostly people of color, by you by weaponizing the food system, right? So that's why these, especially here in the United States, they've added a lot of sugar and a lot of salt, and that that targets both Hispanics and African Americans based on their their genetic disposition to mm-hmm. obesity or or diabetes or high blood pressure. And, and I think they I think those ethnicities have higher rates of those problems. Yes, yes. And it's it's only getting worse. And and I, I reached the, this this horrifying conclusion uh, that they are trying to kill us. They're trying to kill as many people as they can. And now it's the all the gloves are off. They're they're trying to kill everybody. Uh, because and they say it pretty much in their document, what's known as sustainable development is code for population reduction, genocide, democide, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And 
They believe that the world, the world is overpopulated. They're programming us to believe that we're bad because they're saying, well, look, a carbon is bad. Carbon dioxide is bad. Well, uh, no, it's not actually. Plants need carbon dioxide to survive. And it's something that we humans right. exhale. And they're, they're talking about getting to net zero carbon emissions. What does that mean? That means zero humans, you know? Like mm -hmm. we're trying, well, net zero, I mean, they, they offset it in certain, certain ways. But what they're trying to do is, is once they get rid of, and I wrote this in a, in a story that I've, I created uh, a book, is that, is that they'll get humans to kill themselves to save the earth because they'll, they'll get rid of all these other carbon emitting things like uh, automobiles and you know using petroleum products and so forth. And they'll still find that the problem wasn't solved. And so people will then begin uh, forming these cults and they'll, they will suicide themselves in order to save the planet. And that's kind of what's going on, I think, with a lot of people right now, even, even only at a, a subconscious level. Uh, they think that we're bad and we deserve this. And we, you know, we, human beings are, are a bane on the planet. And and that that is that programming, right? That's that's what's kind of mm -hmm. seeped through into the into the consciousness of, of humanity through the, mm -hmm. the machinations and the and the uh, actions of of these groups. This group. Yeah, you you um, you remind me of what an author, Catherine Wilson, said. She's also a university professor uh, about the despair or the self-loathing. Or she said. The kids are in the fetal position. She's talking about college age people. They're in the fetal position. They think there's no future. The economy is precarious. They think we're killing the planet for all these, you know, all these reasons. And I wrote about uh, this, the UN and the sustainable development goals and their collaborations with the world health, uh, excuse me, the world economic forum right. in my chapter on COVID-19 and it is to, and then the, that fits in with the worst you see about the kind of smart cities and the mega regions that Julia, Julianne Romanello reports fantastically all over Facebook, Julianne Romanello, analyzing these initiatives, these economic initiatives that are these government and corporate partnerships, these public, par, private public partnerships which is fascism, you know, when the government and the corporate powers are right. colluding for one agenda. Yeah, that's fascism, folks. Yep, it um, is a strict definition and, of it, and it's and it's global, and it's and it's absolutely a full spectrum, uh, terrifying us about our own uh, harm we're causing the planet, which is part of you. You you nailed it with this subconscious kind of suicide. You could you could say that's the spike in the despair and the suicide and suicide attempts. And drug addiction and alcohol right. abuse right. Uh, since COVID started, um, and that's another reason to develop the spiritual imagination and about the power of our own thoughts to create our reality, to save from their isolation and their horror and their despair the millions, especially the young folks, who are alienated from themselves and from life. That's uh, what's at stake with children in masks at their young formative years, if they're under seven or 10 years old, that's severing their ability to develop emotional intelligence because you have to see my face and I have to see yours in order to not only read you, but bond with you, mm. you know, and the kind of bonding that humans can do when we can emotionally connect and have empathy makes the world go round you know it makes love possible it makes the next generation possible um 
these are mighty wild times, Nick. This is just when you really see the enormity of it to, to stay calm and say, where do you start? Like, like you, even this conversation is like, where do two guys like you and me who are as informed as we are, how, how do we begin to talk about this in a way that's beneficial for the, for the listener? Because, because this is, this is, this is this kind of conversation, you know, we're trying to juggle two things. We're trying to hear each other. Well, we're trying to let each other talk well, but we're also trying to, is you know, is this informative? Is it actionable? Have we kept listeners this long? You know, it's a swirling and that's our challenge. That's our joy. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. I, well, I believe so. I mean, this is definitely uh, one of the more, one of the more interesting interviews. Uh, and, and, and really it's, it's kind of this, this fluid nature of our conversation. I think that um, it, it makes it easy to listen to. And, and you've got a great voice on top of it. So, uh, know, you know, thanks. I'm sure the, uh, you know, but you're, but you're, 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 you're well-informed and uh, we, we have read a lot of the same materials and we're, we're really? um, on the same page. And, but I think in, in doing that, we, we, you know, we can kind of have this, um, it's almost like a reflection of oneself to, to better understand oneself. Right. And, and which is what, in my belief, God and creation wanted to do to begin with it. it mm. One became two became four so that it could experience itself and have these experiences. Right. And we come mm. to this earth and we forget where we came from so we can go along for the ride, you know, and have those experiences yeah. as yeah. an independent thinking creature. Right. And, yeah. um, and so the more that we can, the more, we, the more we realize, the more we talk about it, the more we share with each other and share through the things like this podcast with other people, that we raise that level of enlightenment uh, amongst yeah. the, the population. And they might have to hear it from different sources in different ways. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but but uh, what we're doing here is, is helping to facilitate that. And, and, uh, I, and I should know, and I should mention too, to our viewers and listeners, as always, I will put uh, links in the show notes in the description section of this video or the audio uh, version of this so that people can follow through on on some of these uh, some of these topics that we're talking about some of the people that you bring up and and that way uh, they can further uh, educate and and inform themselves because uh, as you said we, we we create our own realities we really do uh, once I learned that and started practicing it mm. and realizing that, that uh, I'm manifesting. I have the power to manifest. I, I was granted the power to create by the creator because I am of the creator, right? I am, mm -hmm. I am made in his image, as they say. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when people realize just how powerful they are and how powerful their thoughts are, you know, if they don't, if they think that's woo woo, then where did we get anything that was ever invented? It started as a thought in somebody's mind. Right. And then they manifested it physically into reality. And so that is just the nature of the third dimension. That's the way things work here. Mm -hmm. And and if you listen, like like you said, like the natives would listen to nature and you can listen sometimes. It, for me, it's still kind of rare because I've only recently in the past, maybe five years, learned to really control my mind and stop it from chattering on and on and on and thinking about the past and thinking about the future and all this other stuff. A great book by Eckhart Tolle taught me that, The Power of Now. Great and I book. highly recommend people read that. But once I was able to quiet the mind, and I think people do this through meditation, is that you can hear uh, you can hear God, kind of. Uh, not necessarily like speaking in words so much. It's hard to describe. It's just it's, it's these feelings 
that 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 come through you and and you get like a clearer sense like it's truth and you know it to be truth mm-hmm. um it's it's just it's just fascinating and um i'm so glad that you brought it up because that's something mm-hmm. really that's a great tool for people <laughs> to have to deal with these the, these crazy crazy times that we're going through right now um it is just it's yeah i you know there's a there's a <laughs> not to go on too long about this but there's a scene in gladiator you know with um uh uh, Russell anyway, Crowe. Well, thank you, Russell Crowe, and and he's in the the arena, and he says, "Is this not why you came here? Are you not entertained?" Mm-hmm. And I and I thought about that. And I go, "Well, you know what? Maybe this is why I came here. This Maybe, is why we came. You know, this is definitely entertaining. It may not be the kind of entertainment that I enjoy <laughs> necessarily, but it gives well, me the opportunity to to stretch and flex and grow my muscles and." you know, and connect with people. And I tell you what, I'm so much actually better off now, uh, believe it or not, uh, having gone through this because I've connected with people like you and and others. And, and there's a lot more of us than I realized. Yeah. And all that you said, and all we've been talking about that this is our plan as a spiritual being to have this lifetime with taking a hundred percent responsibility comes 100% power over it. Hmm. And I like to tell folks who may be questioning the spiritual realities, they may not be true, but for me, living as if all that is true lights me up. It gives me, I'm going to say, infinite power to get myself out of despair or bad moods. So I win. And uh, also to what you were saying about meditating to try to get some control put the brakes on our wild raging mind, which we all have until we, we come to realize, wow, if I don't think my thoughts, they're going to think me, they're just going to be run away. And the problem with drugs and alcohol is that it can accelerate that internal talking mind. Oh yeah. One of my early chapters is the internal talking mind about what a challenge that that is. I would add to cultivate peace in the present moment and being able to enjoy one's own thoughts is to pay two things to pay attention to the coincidences Mm. because they're not coincidences right no yes and it's up to each of us we have the power and the duty maybe but the power to make of them what we will just like life this is a model for life friend or foe is life something to fear or is it something to to love Mm. we get to choose and the more we choose, it's something to love. And that was the second point. Look into the eyes of the people that you love. Look into the eyes of children. Look into the eyes of dogs and cats and horses. And just be in that moment with them. And see if you can relate and if you can feel love. And then compare that with the rest of your life and realize that's a, that's a connection to reality. Mm-hmm. And any place we don't have that feeling or the connection, practice, 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 because it is possible to train ourselves to love every moment of our lives, even when we're alone, mm-hmm. or even when you know that that jerk comes back into the room where you have to work with some guy you think is a jerk. It's like, yeah, I love looking in the eyes of my puppy, Bruce, but I work with a real jerk. It's like, take it from one who knows. If you think someone's a jerk, you're a jerk. Mm. Take it from someone who knows. 
if you think, yeah, if you think someone is an infinite lovable spirit who mistakenly thinks that life sucks and he should hate life, I can still say he's not a jerk. He's someone who's, who's, that's what, that's the thought he's stuck in right now. Mm-hmm. What do I want now? This is taking responsibility. What's my intention for that guy? I used to think he was a jerk and I wanted him to die. That makes me a jerk who should die, who deserves hmm. death. That theoretically lining this up was a logical right. proposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I think he's a, he's a dear soul who's just waiting to fall in love with life, and that's what I want for him. I want him to love him, want him to love life. By loving him, I best help him. And the bonus is it may not even work for him, but I'm going to love my life even when he's in the room. Mm. Yep, that's the yep. kind of 100% responsibility, 100% power. The buck always stops here. We're never a victim. I don't have to be in a bad mood because the guy I think is a jerk just walked right. into the room. You have a choice. You have a choice. I mean, boy, once I realized that, uh, and that, you know, that was uh, not long ago um, in, in terms, uh, it, it was empowering because I would find myself in a bad mood and go, wait a minute. Uh, you know, this may suck, whatever I'm, whatever it is I'm going through or facing, but I have a choice about how I feel about it. Now, I don't have to be happy, right? But I can choose not to feel angry because, or, or upset or sad because feeling angry or upset or sad is... That's all I get out of that. Is there any joy in that? No. So I can choose not to. And I think that takes us back to the uh, the gentleman that was in the concentration camp, right? He made yeah. a conscious choice. Yeah. And it's 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 we have more power than we realize, and they're trying their damnedest to stop us from realizing that. They're trying to keep us in all shapes and forms: school, the media, so uh, marketing children they're trying to keep us children who are reactive Mm. and if we didn't have a great mom and dad who could parent us into maturity and reflection and taking a moment and thinking things through as adults now we have to do that for ourselves and i and i uh I'd, i'd like to in my book i describe it briefly as we have to be we have to talk to ourselves like a really loving mom. They're there. Everything's okay. You fell down. You scraped your knee. Let me kiss it. Make it better. Let me hug and rock you. Calm. Everything's going to be all right. And like a really encouraging dad. We have a lot to do together. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but we're going to have a lot of fun. I can't work with you today. You've got to do it all by yourself. Whatever you do, we'll figure out what, what worked, what didn't. And we'll just work on it every single day. Go do your best. Come back. I'll come look at it later. Encouragement. That's mm-hmm. mom and dad. And when we can balance those two things, then we can do that for others and the world's a better place. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. That's some great advice. And uh, I, I, I think we, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to continue on, but um <laughs> I'm not sure how long you have. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much, uh, how comfortable you are. With I, I refuse to look at the clock. I have no idea how long we've been talking. Okay. <laughs> but um, um, I have more time if you do, but whatever okay. you want, or you think is right for the episode or the audience or whatever. Yeah, You know, sometimes we, we, we go a little longer when the conversation is just really engaging, really. Uh, and, and I think this subject in, in particular 
um, controlling one's thoughts and 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 speaking to oneself kindly. I I often catch myself. I'll do something stupid. And I'll say, "Ah, idiot!" I'm like, "Wait a minute, hold up!" And I will stop and recognize that and go, "Now, would you talk to somebody else like that?" <sighs> no, you wouldn't. So treat yourself as you would other people, much the way it's almost the the inverse, but with the same statement is treat other people like you want to be treated. So treat yourself like you treat other people. And you're going to have this kind of this loop of, of, of happiness, you know, and you can. Um, you can, you can, you can free yourself from the tortures of your of your mind. And the mind can be a, a demon. The, the brain, um, it's this it's this untamed animal for, for most people, for most of us, that uh, only with work can you can you get it to be quiet? I, I, I just yeah. do a simple. It's a simple. Um, what's that called? A mantra, uh, which is shh. whenever my mind starts going off, it's just shh, quiet. Stop. And I will focus on and I will look at things around me. I'll look at a tree. I will look at a dog. I will look at it, you know, see a little child playing and see the joy in that. See the joy in life through their eyes, you know, and it, boom, all of a sudden, all that stuff goes away. And I'm in kind of a what I call like a walking meditation, right, where I'm just I'm just being in the moment and observing. And there's so much peace in that. You don't you don't have to think about it. That's the point. No. Yeah. yeah 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 um well bruce it's been it's been a wild ride and we've 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 covered so much great stuff um again i'm so happy that you took the time to come on the show and and talk with us and and um i can't i can't encourage people strongly enough to pick up your book not just because we're trying to promote it or something but this is a your book is a great starting point for people who are uninformed uh, about all of these things. It, it's a great yeah. way to introduce yourself into uh, a bigger world of, of, of what is really going on around us. And uh, I, 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 do you have any? Yeah, go ahead. Well, specifically, thought? two things. Uh, folks could go to my site, brucedetaurus.com. And just read all these amazing reviews that I feel very, very lucky to have have gotten, uh, and see if you want to click and buy the book. I think it's like nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. It was intended to be, and apparently it is a great uh, kind of like reality one hundred and one. Like there's what the mainstream says. Here's what's really going on behind the scenes. Because, and you can see them in the back of the book, I've got 43 or 46 pages of sources in the back of the book. I read hundreds of books and dozens and dozens of, watched dozens of documentaries, webinars, seminars, interviews, you you name it, mm-hmm. for years and distilled it mm. into this book. So if you want to, you flip through all those books, you don't have to read all those books. I encourage everybody to. But I've distilled all those and I've drawn my conclusions. Now, whether you believe them or not, that's up to you. Whether you compare them with those sources, whatever you make of it. But if someone wants to go from A to Z in a hurry, like I want to orient myself with the other side of the story, so-called conspiracy theories and what validity they might have. Mm -hmm. 
there is no better book than mine. I will. I'm happy to say that. And it's taken months to say that. It's been out for months, and I was nervous. You know, you're not sure. I, I, I this is what I think I wrote. This is the impact I think it might have. But what do I know? But enough. I've gotten enough great feedback to come along to say like, it's a great. It's it's great for this purpose. It's great. Absolutely. I I, I agree 100. percent And uh, again, encourage people to go to Bruce Torres De Torres. Sorry, BruceDeTorres.com course the name is as spelled here but and we will put a link to that in the show notes section um and before before we uh, go i want to mention you always you also have a podcast and you you discuss you. topics with uh, several different uh, authors and um it's this, uh, the trying day podcast you can find that also at uh, brucedetorres.com and i mean you cover all kinds of great stuff here yeah adam weishaupt's illuminati um you know the uh Read those titles. Read some of those titles yeah, of, the, yeah. of the episodes. Prince Andrew must testify. Uh, America murdered Afghanistan. Uh, Carter lured the Russians and killed the peace. Uh, this is Trump this is other fascists. This is <laughs> this is um, this is Trine Day's podcast. I help publisher okay. Chris Milligan uh-huh. uh, make those every single week. We've got about 64, 65 episodes out, uh-huh. and. Each one is an author of one of Chris's books. He's been publishing books for about 20 years. He's got about 140 or 150 books out now. So in 30 minutes or so, yeah, yeah, there they are. Yeah. Listen to uh, these things. This, this is such an ongoing, wonderful education for me. I'm trying to read all these books as fast as I can. But for any listener, it is such a curriculum, you know, you don't have to buy my book. Just listen to all these episodes and you'll get insight into all these topics and it'll open someone's mind. Huh? Maybe there's something to these conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, yeah, maybe the people, government isn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All these people can't be having the same hallucination, right? Right. Uh, they're the same to del- suffering from the same delusion. Right. And, and, uh, some great and and the thing I like about it too, it's in it's in kind of digestible chunks. So you're looking at you know yeah. 20, 30 minutes, uh, some maybe a little bit longer, but yeah. um, you cover yeah. such a, a wide range of topics that people can really get their feet wet uh, by by just uh, starting off even here as well and and getting a an overview on some of these subjects. Just find something that uh, something that piques your yeah. interest. You know, mind control in very high places. Boom. Yeah. Start there, man. That'll tell you all about yeah. uh, what they're doing, uh, the CIA yeah. and these other entities. But isn't uh, it great, something? Yeah. yeah, great stuff. And you know, I noticed something as well. We, I think, we started our podcast at about the same time because I, uh, my last episode was episode sixty-five. I here, saw that. I noticed that. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm. And you do, and you out, you do about one a week, I guess. I, right. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. So you started, you started mid last August. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, um, interesting where there's this kind of this, uh, synchronicity, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that we have. And that's, I, I look for like things like that in life. You know, I see, yeah. I see these, like you said, they're not coincidences. No, pay attention yeah. to the coincidences, make yeah. of them what you want yeah. and look into the eyes of children and animals. And you tell me what love is, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's that, it's really that simple folks. It really yeah. is. It's, uh, it doesn't have to be such a struggle. So uh, anyhow, Bruce, thank you again so much for, for coming on the show and sharing with us your uh, your thoughts and, 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 and 
topics that you write about because you're so well versed. Like you said, you've you've read a lot, you've watched a lot, and you've distilled it down, and mm. and you've you've done that 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 hard work for people, um, and where they yeah. can find it in just one place, and that's that is uh, that is fantastic. So yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely gonna definitely gonna have you back on at some point in the future if if you'll if you'll be a guest, we'd love by to have honor, you. On uh, by honor, I really enjoyed getting to know you and talking with you, Nick. Anytime you you know you, you want or anything you could use me for. Let me know. Um, uh, you know, this was wonderful. Really wonderful. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, kind words. So uh, we'll talk to you soon and and enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, and stay safe out there. It's getting crazy. Thank you. You too. Lots more to talk about. I'm refraining myself. Oh, I know. We got a ton <laughs> to talk about. We could fill up probably another couple hours here. All so good. definitely going to have you back on. We got We got to cover a lot more. But uh, great having you. Too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Wow, folks. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of stuff that I live for. Interviews like that. Talking to people like that. That's why we started this this show, this channel, this, this, this podcast, was to get those kind of perspectives and to bring you up to speed as to what is really going on in this world. And as we talked about with Bruce, uh, there is a lot going on in this world that we, a lot of people are not aware of. And so a great place to find that is at Bruce's uh, book. Again, it's at brucedetorres.com. You can find that. It's God schooled 9-11 and JFK, the lies that are killing us and the truth that sets us free. So check that out and uh, definitely check out the website and some of those podcasts because those are some great subjects some great topics and uh, I listened to a few and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy them as well. So thanks again for tuning in and joining us. And if you like what we do here at the Free America Podcast, please do visit freeamericapodcast.com. And you can make a, a one-time or an ongoing contribution as some of our viewers and listeners do to help support and sustain the production of this podcast. Well, folks, that's it for me. And I want to say again, as I always do, Stay free, fight for your freedom. It is not something that that is free. You gotta fight for it in in more ways than one. And I'm not talking about physically fight. I'm talking about you know emotionally, spiritually. Uh, keep keep in the fight. Keep your head up, and we're gonna win this one. There are a lot of people out there fighting by your side. So stay free, everybody. See you next week. Good night.